0: So if you look at a flight from Boston to San Francisco, right, once that flight takes off, like how what percentage of the time is it actually on course? And the, the story is the actual percentage isn't, but you know, varies. I always say it's eight hmm. percent. So that means ninety-two percent of the time, that plane is course correcting. It knows it's going to Boston, right? Like same thing, we are no, we know which direction we're going, but we're constantly course correcting. If we had built out some kind of plan, whatever, like that's just, that's just not entrepreneurship. You, you're semi-opportunistic, but you always have a long end game. You know, we have the goal in mind, but we're going to course correct and we do it all the time.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, But teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers. I have Eric Malzone here with me today. He is a professional. He's got a long backstory in the fitness area, and then transitioned that into being uh, not only a one podcast top-rated host, but also two top-rated podcasts: uh, the Future Fitness and Fitness Blitz Radio. Uh, He's interviewed over 600 professionals in the uh, fitness, health, and wellness area, and also co-founded Level Five Mentors and certified course creation, uh, amongst some other other consulting projects and joint ventures. And we're going to dig into that uh, here shortly, but. Eric, welcome to Money Talkers.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Cody. And uh, you know, from one podcaster to the next, just I appreciate what you do. And uh I just want the audience to know <laughs> that these podcasts, uh, there's a lot of work that goes behind them. So um, you know, from getting the guests to the editing to the publishing and the social media promotion, all that stuff. So, man, kudos to you for for putting this together. It's a, it's such a cool, cool concept. And I appreciate being on.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm really, I'm really thankful that you said that because, you know, um, the mission is important, you know, to be able to um, try to help young people uh, not make the bumps and bruises that we have. And so, uh, with yourself as being a co-founder of six different businesses, um, I want to jump in quickly. So, like, what drives you?
0: Yeah, man. Ah, Just a nice little softball to start, right? So, I think... uh, (laughs) I like to come in hot. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's... You know, really for me, uh, I do most of what I do for my wife. Like that's it. Like it's really my motivation. And, you know, I told you, you asked me if there's anything like we can't touch on in an interview and I'm such an open book, but I, um, you know, I, I I want to deliver the life that my wife wants. Right. And, uh, you know she, we, she works i work you know i want to give her the opportunity to do whatever it is that she wants to do and that makes me happy you know that really does so i think ultimately it's just you know I, I could say selfish things like hey you know i want financial freedom i want to be able to work and play and do all the things whenever i want to do them with whoever i want to do them but really it comes down to my strongest motivation is is my wife and um giving her all the things that she wants and it, it's a very powerful thing for me and it's what's funny about that and not to get too much into it, is i notice because you know, every marriage has its ups and downs, right? Um, when we're not in sync, I'm just not that motivated, right? Mm. But when we're, when we're happy and things are going great and things are clicking our relationship, I'm powerful. Like I'm just getting deals done. I'm out there. I'm doing the outreach. I'm working brilliantly for my clients. Like it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. So yeah, man, I, that, that's ultimately when I boil it down, I believe that's what drives me.
1: Man, I think that's an amazing answer because, um, you know, you kind of mentioned a lot of the what's right, which is like, mm-hmm. Oh, I want financial freedom. I want to be able to do this. I want to do that. And I think that, um, those things are kind of more of a surface why for us as entrepreneurs. And then I think you've really been able to drill it down into what the real why is. And you know, that is, um, giving those things to your wife and building that life and things. And so I think that's a, that's a really insightful answer. Um, and in, when you're, when you're down and you, and, and, uh, you know, as we have our ups and downs as business owners and that kind of stuff, like, is, you know, that's the strength that you lean on.
0: Her consistency is a strength, right? Like I think, um, she's not, uh, she's not one who's going to be, you know, raw, raw, for lack yeah. of a better term. Like, you know, Hey, you can do this. She'll just be like calmly say, you've been doing this for a long time. What are you worried about? You always figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. All right, cool. What's for dinner? Right. That's like <laughs> yeah. that, that's the type of encouragement I get. It's like this like, yeah, you like, why are you freaking out? And you know, you have been doing this stuff forever. So yeah, it's that's uh yes, in a in a weird in a weird way, I guess when I reflect on it, yeah, yeah. She totally kind of keeps that, me that's you know, pretty right? cool. Also doesn't let me get cocky, that's for sure. Yeah, so, bring
1: you bring you back down, right? That's uh, <laughs> that's our problem uh, We get a momentum and we're just like we fly off of the handle. And it's like yeah you know, um it was kind of funny because like i remember uh, there was a story where when i actually was going to quit i had this big um vp job in a public trade company and mm-hmm. i just walked in one night and i was like i'd watched all these internet marketing videos and stuff and i walked in at two o'clock in the morning i told my wife I'm like, hey i'm gonna quit uh next week and she was like okay i was like don't you want to know what i'm doing she was like no nah, you can tell me later like i'm good like i'm just like Ah, you know, and I had a built it. I had all this excitement built in there, and it just I was like, ah, you know. And then she was like, "Why next week? Why don't you just quit tomorrow?" And I was like, "You are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love you." Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and so, uh, as you have built into six different businesses, can you kind of walk me through like what you took you this step to like to take that first? Um, would you remember? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's the speed and the um difficulty of opening the sixth one was quite a bit different from the first and so like how did you take that first entrepreneurial step
0: yeah well you know i think i'm, I'm going back i'm like god oh, there's probably so many more than six
1: right yeah. things I'm, that have started i'm in 13 <laughs> yeah yeah I
0: mean, there's probably there's probably things i've completely forgotten ones about. that
1: just had filings at the state like i'm yes. sure if i went back to kid wise it's got to be insanely big you know? yeah there was gumball hustling there for a while when in sixth grade so
0: <laughs> I mean, I think my first one was I was selling um, uh, golf balls that I found for 25 cents to golfers coming across the golf course. I mean, that was a long time ago, but I think that was the first job. But my real, I think my real jump was, uh, you know, after college, um, I spent, so I graduated in, in 1999 to so the dot-com bubble. And, uh, my and dad you were in was, California too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was in the Bay Area. So oh, everything oh, wow. was
1: just, yeah, there was no <laughs> job.
0: So I kind of took the first job I could get because I didn't know how to, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I I I've been curious about it during my education. My dad was, um, you know, had his own business. So I it grew up with it. But, you know, it took me about eight or nine years of being in the corporate world to realize, like, I don't think I fit in here. Man, I, I self-selected out of that, you know, every time I did well in my sales career, um, for in the corporate sales, but I was always kind of, I would look at it as innovation. They would probably look at it as like. Skirting the system, right? Like I would find like, well, how can I do this? Like, how can I do the same job in 20 hours versus the normal 40? Right. And that was always, I'm, I'm a lifestyle driven entrepreneur. That's the, that's the most important thing. I'm actually not terribly monetarily driven. So that was always a you know they they want they want you they always wanted me to get the bigger house right, yeah. get the nicer car They'll load you they, up with that. yeah. yeah, that's what they want right, <laughs> yeah. and I was just not it was just not my thing, so when I actually got a text message in two thousand eight from an old college uh teammate, and it just said, "Hey, man, do you want to open a gym?" and I was like, "Well, and this was back like uh." before we had you know really before we had smartphones were just coming out so it was like t9 texting you yeah. know that and uh, so i was it was san francisco i was in san francisco's you know friday it was a happy hour i went out had a beer and had one beer and i just texted him back you know seven seven two 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 four four like uh yes let's do it and that was it and that was it and within six months we had formed the business we had you know got all the normal certifications that you need and i was drive, picking up and leaving san francisco and drive to santa barbara which we decided is where we want to open our gym and I had never um, actually been to Santa Barbara. I didn't know anybody in Santa Barbara. We just sounded cool, seen it on TV, um, and that's where we—that's uh, where we opened the gym. And that was—that was, that was '09—is when we actually opened doors. So it was like one, one financial crisis to the next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was—it was touch and go for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, you know, I think that uh, one of the things that we're going through right now, and I think we're going to see here shortly, is that you know more more success is made, more, more wealth is made in recessions than there are in, uh, in, in, in bear mar- I mean bull markets. Because, you know, you probably, when you open up in 09, like you said, you went from one chaos to the next chaos. Like you have to be really innovative and you have to learn how to do things quickly, cheap, fast. You know, you're looking at systems and processes and things that, if it's all kind of fluff, you just, you know, imagine, um, probably wouldn't have been as successful you know, if
0: we'd been 07, right? I mean, entrepreneurs love a good crisis, (laughs) right? We really do. I mean, as consumer needs shift um, and, you know, me being in the fitness industry, the fitness industry is one of the hardest hit right now, right? Today's recording is June 30th, 2020. Like it's, it's, it's hit hard. And for me, like now it's been like, okay, great. Now I can actually now I can do something. I can move this thing forward, which has been my goal for the last two or three years since I sold my gyms. And um, so, yeah, and you know, look back to your original question of what drove me to entrepreneurship. It really was one time, and it was this moment and why I reacted so quickly to my friend's text message because I had just come back recently from a national sales conference, right? And everybody was there. And we, you know, it's a normal thing. You're in a hotel conference room. You're listening to lectures. and You're doing all the stuff. And then there's these... Um, kind of lame team building exercises that you have to do and all that. And I looked and I looked, and I saw people who were like 10 years down the road from me and I was like, ah, I can't do this. This ain't me same me, you know, I can't, I got to break out of this. And so as soon as the opportunity arose, you know, someone had an idea and you wanted me to come aboard? I was like, yeah, I'm in. So that, that was ultimately it. I think it was just having the vision of like, okay, what happens if I stay here? Yeah. What happens when they offer me a VP role? Then I'm in. Right. Then I'm in, then I'm sucked in. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. So that was, it was the timing of it. I felt an urgency to, to get out. So I don't know what, what that was, but something in my gut said, yeah, dude, you
1: got to get out. Time to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, um, for me, it just felt like I kept having ropes and loops tied to me. So twice I've been in the corporate world and Mm. you know, like yourself, like I was figuring out ways as a commercial banker to like creatively exponentially up my market. Right. (laughs) So I was, I figured out like, how the state filings work at the state of Florida. Like I figured out a way to, you could, there was a backdoor to download Excel files every day with 10,000 businesses on it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I showed it with my boss. He was like, dude, just do what we told you to do. Like just make some phone calls and sit in the bank and wait for people. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And then I just like massively outproduced my team. And I think I made like a thousand dollars more for the quarter. And I was like, uh, oh, I can't like, this is, you know what I mean? Like there's like you're just gonna get a paycheck on Friday regardless, dude. Like whatever, you know. Just you're just trying not to get fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's enough I, not to get fired. Like that was like kind of the mentality that I kind of caught from it, and I'm like that just didn't sit well with me.
0: I mean, I looked. At, I remember looking at uh, my final sales job that I had was like, man, I was making the company millions, right? But my paycheck didn't reflect anything like that, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather be at the top of my own tiny pyramid. Yeah. Right. Than be at this mid level of this giant one where, you know, and I understand what it takes to run a company that they're expensive and that there's a lot of things that go into it, of course. Right. Um, but that always hurt me as well. And you know, one of the things I did during that time is I remember I only, I, I looked at just a few key accounts and I, I just noticed their inventory and what I could do with them. And I just slowly kind of milked the accounts over time. Right. Which means that as long as I maintain that relationship, I hadn't bought into the plan. I really didn't have to work that much. Yeah. And so, you know, I wasn't out prospecting. I wasn't out doing all the things they want you to do. Right. I was just, you know, all I was really doing was waiting to my
1: a relationship manager.
0: Yeah. I like, yeah.
1: literally changed my job position to it. I was like, I am no relationship manager, my friend. I was like, I need to go hunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I am a hunter. That's what I need to do. You need to let loose of me and let me go hunt. You know, I was like, I'll die in the vine. If I just have to sit here and be a relationship manager, I was like, this is not for me. So, um, but I kind of want to shift gears from that. And so um, yeah. I, I want to know now, like, I mean, you deal with high end, high achievers and, you know, course graders and that kind of stuff. And so you're, you're what is the name of your latest business?
0: Uh, level five mentors.
1: Okay. And so um, can you kind of give me a little bit of a background on what you do with level five mentors?
0: Yeah, man. So um, it all started. So, you know, after I, I did sell my gyms in 2017, my wife and I um, went nomadic we wanted to go find, you know, we've always, now we're in Whitefish, Montana, but we wanted to go find that little mountain town that we'd always dreamed of. Right. And along my journey, I ended up in uh, golden British Columbia. And the person who had bought my gym, she messaged me. She's like, Hey, are you up in golden? And I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, Oh, you got to meet Ken. He's my mentor. And I was like, "Huh. all right. So she sent me his text and or his contact. And then I, uh, I was like well you know maybe later in the week within 10 minutes of getting off that call with her he texted me he's like hey i hear you're in golden why don't you come by and you know come to my house and you know we'll come run you know uh, go ride some bikes and, and drink some bourbon i was like that sounds amazing so uh i did and uh, we had a great time and we got to know each other and we started realizing like hey our values align um, we both come out of a different community um, of business coaches which you know i won't mention here but so we we had very similar values and, you know, I'll, I'll refer Ken to you. I think he'd be a great guest for your show. But he, his, he's driven by the same thing. He wants to make his wife happy, right? Neither of us have kids and, um, you know, it's kind of what we're here to do. So once those values align and, and we we're like, well, we're going to find some way to, to work together. And Ken's like, you need a mentor. You know, I'll do that. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep talking. And eventually he he slid out. He's like, you know, when I sell these businesses and exit, you know, process of exiting a couple of different businesses. He's like, I want to build a $20 million mentorship company. I was like, hmm, yeah, that sounds like fun. I want to do that. too. <laughs> and that was really kind of it. And we're like, well, the rest is the intention set. We set kind of obligatory number, which doesn't really mean anything. It's just like, hey, this is the general size and you know scale that we want to be working at. Um, but we also know that we didn't want to do it by working with hundreds and hundreds of clients. We wanted to pick clients that we knew we could grow with over time because we want to leverage our impact by impacting those who have large impact, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, we're building it the right way. Um, you know, we're winning clients the right way and our clients are growing and it's awesome. And I know, you know, um, and you, you know, there's, there's quick growth, there's slow growth, and there's kind of something in the middle that really seems to work well, right? We yeah. can kind of manage mistakes and, and still do things at the right, And that that's, you know, through our experience, that's what we're growing. And right now we're very strongly in the fitness industry, because that's where both Ken and I came from. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, this much disruption happening, there's so much opportunity for new leadership and and new tech and all the stuff that really like I geek out on. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's, it's just great timing. And that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to be where I am now.
1: I think, from just an outside point of view, um, the ability to multiply your clientele is literally for like individual personal trainers right now, and gyms is the epitome of like the um, uh, what is it the the um, the four, the the quadrants the four quadrants of, of employment right? So you have employee, self-employed, um, business owner, and investor right. Um, but the ability right now, because your time, you're trading time for money as a, as a personal trainer, right? And so you have one client, one hour, 80 bucks, whatever it is, right? Right now, I think that there's a real shift in an opening and an opportunity to go from 10 clients, 80 bucks, one hour, same hour of training, and now you're now you're 10 extra, your, your personal training business. Is that is that what you're seeing?
0: Yeah, and that's um, that's kind of at a base level of what I'm seeing too. I mean, now you're starting to, like, there's companies that we work with that, you know, are, are ushering whole new models, right? Um, interviewed the the CEO of Gold's Gym a few times over the last few months to see, like, how they're transitioning and the hybridization is what they're calling it of, you know, both a streaming and in-person option and how all these big brands are trying to adopt. But as these big brands, you know, 24 Hour Fitness and Gold's Gym and, you know, even like the, the boutique chains that are, you know, the Orange Series and the. F45 is like, how are they pivoting? And um, those are big ships. But now when those big ships are struggling to pivot, there's this huge groundswell of opportunity from companies that have great technology. Right. And now at the time, the, finally the industry is coming to them versus them trying to struggle, which is I've seen over the last three years of doing the future fitness podcast and then another 10 of being a gym owner is like model was kind of broken for a long time, man. You know, um,
1: it's ready for disruption yes yeah it's so, prime for disruption right yeah now it's okay. happening yeah, yeah. So i'm it's, not it's in the totally gym space available. or anything like that but i just i have the um gift and the curse of like analyzing businesses like as i go in and out of them you know it's <laughs> like you can't turn it off like sometimes my wife just looks at me and like shakes her head like don't do it you know because i'm in the <laughs> local pizza shop and i want to like help them with their processes or i'm like you yeah. know they're 10 on all your on daily if you did this you know, don't know just be quiet and get your pizza. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I see that in the gym industry. I'm like, man, I want to, I was like, I want to get into it. And I'm like, because I just, I see what you're seeing. I think I might mean, not see it to your, your level or depth or anything like that, but I'm like, there's probably a better way to do this. I can think, I can think of a lot of ways to monetize when I sit in the gym. And uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, and I, so as you've gone in to do this last business, and it was like you, I want to touch on something because uh, we went right over it where you said, okay, I met him. We talked about it. You decided, look, this is what we want to do. And you're like, yeah, let's go do that. Right. Because you've had the experiences you've had of being an entrepreneur. That's how I look at businesses now because I failed a bunch of times or I went and did it a bunch of times or I tried a bunch of things and I figured out what doesn't work. And now if someone was like, Hey, um, you know, Whatever the business idea is, I, I you got to start with what you want the result to be. In my mind, you find it to be the same way.
0: Yeah, I do. And you know, one of the things that uh, I've learned over time is that, and I'm sure you know, like building corporate structure and you know um, all the different things, like that's really easy to do, really hard to get out of right? And the simpler, the better. And and that was, you know, being a big thing with Ken is like, we don't actually have a company that we formed yet. He's in Canada. I'm in the United States. And, you know, we're just, we're totally like, we're, we're close friends, but we also know since, you know, having gone through multiple partnerships in the past, like, Hey, let's, let's, let's wait until it's, we absolutely need to have a corporate structure.
1: And I would say too, honestly, um, this is something I, I had a lesson with one of my sales managers one time. And, um, so I owned an RV dealerships, so I owned five of them and, um, actually sold in 2017 too. Um, and so, uh, but one of the things we, we would have inventory come in and you value it one way to the dealership. And then cause you're leaving your room so that when you sell it, you can bring your profit. Then long story short, we had a motorcycle and he said, I he said, can I buy that for what you have in it? And I said, yeah. I said, uh, he's like, well, what do you have 1500 bucks? He was like, oh, I'll buy it right now. And I was like, I go, he goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying this to resell it. And I was like, and he goes, I'll sign something if you want. And I said, man, if I can't trust you enough to run $10 million worth of inventory out here over a $1,500 bike that you're not gonna skate me and go you know, buy it for 1500 go sell it for three because it's a $4,000 bike all day long. I was like, I don't want you to sign anything. I wouldn't sell it to you in the first place. And that's kind of what you're talking about where like, I think a lot of people like when they're going to be entrepreneur or have partnerships or work with people, like they're too worried about the minutia of, well, we need a logo or we have to have the right URL or I, uh, you know, I've got to have this super drawn out, expensive, you know, uh, articles of incorporation and all these filings and stuff before you ever even do anything. And it's like, man, unless just like, if you've been through the gamut, like, you know what those are really worth. Yeah. They're not even enforceable half the time. And if they were it cost you three times as much as the money that you're going to lose and you're gonna waste all your time doing it. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get straight to the
0: work well one of my favorite uh i love this analogy i use it all the time i think you'll appreciate it too is like you know we so if you look at a flight from boston to san francisco right once that flight takes off like how what percentage of the time is it actually on course and the the, story is, the actual percentage isn't but you know varies i always say it's eight hmm. percent so that means 92 percent of the time that plane is course correcting. It knows it's going to Boston, right? Like same thing. We're no, we know which direction we're going, but we're constantly course correcting. If we had built out some kind of plan, whatever, like that's just that's just not entrepreneurship is you, you're semi-opportunistic, but you always have a long end game. You know, we have the goal in mind, but we're going to course correct and we do it all the time. And you know, we're finding out better ways to grow the business every week.
1: Yeah, every yeah week. I would say that every time you plan something, you take a shot at it and you figure out how not to do it. You know, and it's like you figure out, okay, wait, wait, I didn't think about that. You can't globally plan these things, you know, and it sounds great. Like, look at this giant, you know, and I agree. Listen, writing a business plan, I think is one of the best things you can do because it helps you think out the different pieces, especially if you're new to doing businesses. Like, I think that's a part that most entrepreneurs really skip because they don't start with an end of what the company's going to do. And so they don't think about where the customers are going to come from or where the pitfalls might be or who's going to handle sales, what kind of marketing we are going to do? Like, I think those are really good. Steps to go through for people. But I think they need to be wide open and like, here's an idea of what we're going to do. And then let's go try it and see what happens and then adjust from there. Right. I think that's some yeah. of the best advice you can have is to be open to changing your plan.
0: And I think having, I totally agree. And we use, we use, um, you know, an impact filter, which has been used in business for a long time and essentially helps organize your thoughts. And I call it, that's, that's really the business plan. We'll do an impact filter and everything. I also use these things to go through and see if it's actually something I want to pursue. You know, if there's a pr- particular, you know, uh, plan, like, oh, we have this idea for a business or a structure. We'll write out an impact filter and we we'll look at it and be like, you know what? I don't want to do any of that. So scrap it, right? So it's <laughs> like-
1: We sell ourselves on stuff all the time. <laughs> all the time. And then you like start, I mean, to, then you yeah. put it together.
0: You're like, ooh, I, yeah, I don't want to do any of that that sounds terrible. I
1: don't know if you've ever read the book traction, but there's a, um, there's a, uh, there's the, um, the visionary and the integrator. Right. And it's kind of like what you talked about with you and your wife set up where like you've got all these ideas and you're excited, and you run through this stuff and you're like, wait, that's not (laughs) operationally going to work, you know? And so, um, but in the book, it describes it as you come up with, you need to free up the, the, um, you need to free up the visionary because he'll have 10 ideas a day. One of them is going to be just absolute trash eight of them are like mediocre but you gotta but there's one in there that's just like holy cow and you need an integrator to say that's dumb those aren't very good this is really good this is where you need to turn focus to right and uh and I think that (laughs) it's kind of funny that um that was almost what you were describing when you first started talking about with your wife like she grounds you back down to to say, hey, wait, 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 uh, what are you doing? You're gonna figure this out, or like, you know, this is not as great as you think it is, because we sell ourselves these ideas, because you know we're passionate about stuff. It's really funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> ideas are easy, right? And it's so yeah. funny I when I reflect on that, like my wife is a director of operations, right?
1: Oh, like <laughs> <go>. He's
0: not <laughs> a the integrator perfect integrator, as right? That's yeah. an
1: integrator role. Operations is literally what the like the job title of an integrator is, and. I've been fortunate enough, I've had two business partners and in, in the two biggest businesses I've had. And both of those, I never knew these concepts, but we were wonderful partners because of that scenario. Like, I'm just constantly throwing stuff at the wall or trying to break processes to figure out a better way to do it. And, you know, like, and, and then they were very much, both very calm kind of guys. And what was really crazy is they both had the same birthday and they both had the same wedding anniversary.
0: That is weird but
1: yeah (laughs) that That was really weird but um you know i'm still great friends with them and because you have this diametrically yin and yang kind of leadership that it works a lot better you know they were much better at handling staff and employees than i was you know and looking back i realized that was a weakness to part of the things that i do because I was just like, I want to run, and like the day-to-day stuff just ends up boring me after a week or two. I'm not good at it, and I think I am because I think I'm the best at that one thing, but I can't do it repetitively, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah. yeah, at first time I saw that concept, I was reading it, and I was like, oh, I kind of got like a little like, I was like, ah, that's me, <laughs> you know. It was, <laughs> it was like reading, it and I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. So, um, well, I want to ask you something too. So you've done over 600 interviews in podcasting, mm-hmm. right? And um, can you kind of touch on like some of the similarities you've seen from the high achievers that you've noticed over doing that? Because you have to see patterns, I would imagine, of of um, some of the leaders and the leadership people that you're dealing with um, of either A, where they're, you've seen some leadership and strengths, but also if they have some, some, some flaws too, if you could kind of pull the curtain back on that, on your thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I do. I, I talk to a lot of, you know, founders, CEOs, we we work with a decent amount as well. And it's, it's such an interesting question because I, you know, first of all, if the work life balance seems to be a struggle for just about all of them. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the first things that we always tell you know, people that we work with at level five mentors is like, Hey, you're going to have to, it's, it's so funny to me. It's like, Hey, you're going to have to take a completely free day every week, completely free. Right. No work, no cell, nothing that feels like work. They're like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, yeah,
1: well, no, I, you're going to do question. it. So, do you find that work life balance when you bring it up is probably the number one thing that they want? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. I mean, and it's the one thing that they don't have. Yes. Usually. Right. Yep. That's, that's very, they can hard. have the most
0: money, right. Yeah. They can, or health and that's the other thing like we the reason we're called level five is because we work off what we call the five freedoms right um time money relationship purpose health like these are the ones that we think are critical and how we gauge success right it's not necessarily go, money. Go
1: those one more time would you mind
0: yeah so there's time money purpose relationships and health those five right? Yeah. Those five categories. And we have an assessment on our site. People want to go check it out and, you know, we'll walk you through it and you kind of see where you're at. And, you know, I health, you
1: have purpose in there. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that one gets skipped over quite a bit. And, and I think that there's a lot of fulfillment in there, which is a driver.
0: And I think along the lines, if you have purpose, also you realize that health is so critical because everyone overlooks health. Everyone starts with money.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: shoot right over health and relationships and purpose. Right. And maybe a little bit of time. They're a little worried about time, but that's, um, you know, everyone starts in money and that's really kind of the last thing. I know it sounds weird. It's one of the last things we, it's the first thing people want to talk about is money, but it's one of the last things we actually address because we start working on all the other stuff. So, you know, it's it's, really, it's,
1: it's, I think that, I think you're 100% correct that the, the focus for almost everybody I've talked to and over the years was money. Like that's why i started you know that's why I, I, I took the that's why i'm doing you know i'm gonna make more money i'm gonna i'm gonna make it and then and then i think that uh as a lot of people have kind of gotten to a level where they've quote unquote made it right or whatever i think that becomes just a much less of a focus and a driver or anything else And that's why i thought purpose was a really great addition in your five pillars because it, 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 once you you get there you start wanting to have contribution
0: and that's um and that's the end goal man you know uh just you want to be able to look back and at least for me and just be like hey all right i did something yeah. you know i did something worthy of, of because you know if, if you're just doing something that's about numbers and transactions at the end of every day at the end of the year all you have is a balance sheet
1: yeah right? and i think young entrepreneurs actually- are focused so hard on the revenue lines and not the bottom lines because they don't know better and the balance sheet yep. as well because i tell people that all the time it's like I was like, your P and l is fine. They're like, Show me your balance sheet. Because I was a commercial banker and I was just an awful balance sheet when I blew up all my companies. And then I learned as I saw successful businesses that that was where they started to focus was when they don't know when the opportunity was going to come, but they were prepared for it. And then, uh, and those guys came out of the worst recession I've ever been part of better than anybody else.
0: Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, to percent And I think, going back to your original question, I, I, and what are some of the qualities that make them successful? Um, relationship with failure. You know, I think that's number one, is like, you know, able to laugh it off. Right. Everybody, all everyone, like the bigger success, the harder that rock bottom story is. Like, you know, you were telling me a little bit before recording how, you know, kind of gnarly yours was, right? <laughs>
1: it was, big, it was pretty swing. bad.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> a huge swing. And I think that's it, too, is like we, we look at failure. Eventually, you start to look at failure as a blessing. And, you know, all those terms for fail forward, fail fast, fail cheap. Like, that's that people really, li- you have to live and breathe that. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I had someone I was talking to and they had just the same disastrous kind of thing that they went through. And now they're just this high level leading huge, you know, uh, groups of um, families and all this stuff that I was talking to. And he was like, he was like, you know, he was, I asked him, he was like, would you change it? He was like, no. He was like, would you change yours? I was like, absolutely not. I go, but if you would ask me in the middle of it, would I change it? I would have said yes all day long. <laughs> Looking back, reflecting. No, I wouldn't have changed it because it made me stronger and better. And uh it was a real time for me to reflect interior as opposed to looking at exterior forces and i needed to change and uh but you know if you if you found anybody who's actually going through the gates at the time they would want out in any in, in any source they could you know but i think that if you can find strength in the resiliency of the people that come out on the other side i think that's where if you're going through something like that right now with you know, the lockdowns and the COVID and all this stuff, like there's going to be some major, major business struggles that are start going to start to appear in the next three to four months in my mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're already, you know, like I said, in the fitness industry, it's, it's definitely a canary in the coal mine because man, I, I, I I'm a grateful I don't own gyms anymore, but B I, I have so much empathy and sympathy for gym owners right now. Yeah. Like they're just under a microscope and really I believe unfairly. So, yeah. um, but it doesn't matter. That's where they are. They have to have, you know, the optics of super clean. Yeah. Right. Super safe because everyone's looking at them. And
1: yeah, no. And you just actually, I mean, you kind of went by it real quick, but I caught it, um, which was, uh, you know, they're under this and it's not fair, but so what? Right. And I think a lot of people say, well, I, you know, my business, and they fight the optics as opposed to changing the narrative. Right. Yeah,
0: and, that, and that's what it, you know, what? it's like, Hey, well, I mean, you know, I know life's not fair.
1: That's it's never is my son, my son is six and he says, no, that's not fair. And I go, dude, I don't, you're not allowed to say that in my house. Like nothing's <laughs> fair. I was like, show me something that's fair. It's fair because you got what you wanted. Like, it doesn't matter. Fair doesn't, fair is not a concept that, that yeah. will benefit you, um, in, in life because there's just too many opportunities and people that if you focus on trying to recreate the fairness, that instead of just going and you'll end up twice as far if you focused on the growth side of it or uh seeing it through other people's eyes with empathy like you said like i haven't been back to my gym you know but they haven't reached out either you know if they would have reached out and said look this is what we're doing this is how we're keeping you safe we went above and beyond the guidelines we did all this stuff like you know my wife loves orange theory you mentioned them earlier right she is diehard orange theory loves it won't go back cancel membership 'Cause she's like, I don't I don't want to be in a room breathing with a bunch of people and she doesn't you know, so we're we're left to our own devices as opposed to being publicly outreach. And I think if you want publicly outreach, you'd probably pick up the members from the other gyms. If you're like, right. look, we're the safest gym in town. Well now you got right. all the other gyms not reaching out and doing the job, the planet fitness of the world, right? They're too big. You mentioned that, like the big ship can't turn that fast. Be the nimble one, be the boutique gym, like where I go. If they started reaching out, I bet they could snag half the membership in the in the city. I
0: know a lot of gyms who are doing exactly that and they're growing
1: yeah that's that's it that's where you know know, when i was a banker you know in o eight, nine, ten, 8 9 10 um when people would ask me like what business should i go into because there were everybody was just like i'm either out of a job or i need to figure something else out like i'm terrified you know and i'm like it doesn't matter they're like what do you mean i'm like dude i have businesses all over the gamut i was like in every industry i have i have really good businesses and people going out of business Um, like if you look at the opportunities that are there in front of you and go seize them as opposed to focusing on the external force of what's not fair to you or what the economy is doing right like if you're focusing on the economy and the gdp number of you know point we're gonna be minus three or plus two or dude that is such a small percentage of what you could go get in the world like you know, that refocus. So I got fired up talking about this stuff. So yeah, so, I do too, man. You know, I, mean, I, opened,
0: I opened my first gym in, you know, 09 and we just, I, all I needed was, I read one small article. I don't know if it was true at all. The people spend more money on fitness and alcohol during recession. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Right? And then I'm like, <laughs> great. I'm going to tune everything else out and I'm just going to do what I can do. And, you know, everything worked out great.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, so. and that's wonderful, man, because you just, you didn't listen to the noise, right? Yes. Oh, what are you doing opening up a gym? It's a bad economy not for me. I don't yeah. worry about macroeconomies. I worry about microeconomies. You know, what am I going to do with my life with this stuff? You know, and, and it was awesome because what you just said like that one that one little article stuck to you and changed <laughs> yeah. your mindset, right? If you had read that same article that said people are closing gyms left and right, you'd be like, oh, we're not gonna make it. Like and yeah. wouldn't it change the world at all, except for the way you saw it, right?
0: Yeah. And then you have to <laughs> think, well, uh, you know, like we just talked about, well, oh awesome, you know, gyms are closing left and right. That means I can really gain all those clients. Consum- consumers are still there.
1: Yeah. They're
0: not they didn't they didn't go away, right? So their needs have changed. So you just have to figure out how to meet those needs. And it's that simple if you just change your focus from you know, oh my God, everything's changing. Be like, oh, cool, everything's changing. Great, this is where this is where I can really thrive and make a huge leap forward, right? Because everyone else is probably doing the same old thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, what we're going through right now is the biggest uh, entrepreneurial experiment ever conducted, right? We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just broke a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, and 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 it was just one that nobody could see coming. You know and it's like so now here we are uh breaking all this stuff but when you break stuff that's where opportunities come i think so hopefully people put their uh their opportunistic hat on and go out there and and see that there's you know better and bigger ways to do things and make those changes and beat the corporations to it you know that's awesome man eric i want to um i want to thank you for coming on money talkers with me i still want to keep enough time to do the high impact series with you and um but uh if people want to find out more about your mission with uh level 5 mentors and the things that you're doing in the fitness area as well um where do they find you
0: yeah so a couple different places i think uh if you want to follow um you know the the fitness industry stuff go to futureoffitness.co uh that is my podcast and you know all kinds of leaders and tech and cutting edge stuff that's happening in the fitness industry that's that's where i that's one of the worlds I live in. And then level five mentors, so L-E-V-E-L, the number five mentors.com. And then I'm all over LinkedIn, you know, I'm all over uh, Facebook. So not so much on Twitter. Uh, definitely not on TikTok, but uh, you, know, you can find me just about anywhere. There's only I, a few I,
1: I, I, I downloaded a Twitter account and I got into it. And every time I go on there, I just feel awful when I come off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so exactly. bad in there.
0: Yeah, it is a <laughs> it's a cesspool. The train
1: wreck. It just like I'm like, and it's like I go through and I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, okay, now it reminds me of what I don't want to be like. Yeah, whatever.
0: yeah, yeah. Try TikTok for five yeah. minutes and tell me if you get that because that one's beyond me.
1: well um listen thanks again for being on money talkers uh we'll put some links in the show notes for people to come find you and uh thank you for bringing the information you have today
0: yeah man thank you so much cody really appreciate what you do
1: thank you for listening to another episode of money talkers with me your host cody laughlin